Betterment. Yes, the largest and fastest growing automated investing service designed with revolutionary technology to promote smarter investing, better returns, and to minimize your taxes now, later, and throughout retirement. Betterment, investing made better. Get up to six months free by visiting Betterment.com slash money. And if you love this show, you will go to Betterment.com slash money and sign up today. So let's get this show started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Put a bird on it. I'm like a bird. I want to fly away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little Nelly Furtado. Old school. Dude, I'm I'm good. Yeah. I'm drinking Corsendonk. What? What and the Agnes- fuck? What are you? Why do you have the weirdest Germany sounding beers? So uh, I discovered in this one uh, uh, liquor store yeah. that uh, the best and craftiest of craft beers are in the bomber size. Right. And so I've been getting these bombers, and actually a lot of them are from Belgium, and they're fucking delicious. Yeah, but do you only choose beers you can't pronounce? Is that, is that the criteria? <laughs> No, no, I wind up, I look, I grab a few here, there, whatever. You don't even, like, you don't even bother. You're just like, eh. Just, you just, like, this one, you just, like, wrap your arms around them and just slide them into your cart. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, how many can I carry? How Eight? Many? Okay. Okay, yeah. But, dude, this one is brewed and bottled in Belgium. And of all the the bombers, and they're all extremely difficult to open. Bombers this, being 22-ounce bottles or right. bigger, whatever. Pints. Bigger, bigger bottles. This one was extremely difficult, but well worth it. Very mm-hmm. tasty. Difficult? How? Like so? To it's open. like a, a, yeah, it's like a cork almost. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I like rip it out with my arm, like a champagne bottle. Yeah, yeah. But it takes me like ten minutes to actually well, you're, wed- wiggle it out. Well, you're a right? personal finance podcaster. You're not like Mister Universe or anything. You're not. That's right. So my my arms are built like a podcaster. In right. That. It takes. They're me mostly long. down your pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, well, so, I yes. So I, I, I'm drinking uh, still. I'm, I'm, I'm whittling down my 12-pack uh, of Flying Fish. Oh, and see, when, when you went into it, you said whittling down, and I was just hand in pants, whittling down, I and I just was. Yeah, you had a whole thing. You connected the dots. Yeah. No, no, no. I am drinking Red Fish by Flying Fish, a hoppy red ale. It's very good. And uh, I would like to thank Flying Fish for sending me those beers. And if you would like to, if you listen to the show, which I don't know if you do, and you'd like to send me more different varieties of beer, I'd be happy to drink them on the show and, and talk about them and how good they are. Or but any other brewer. Or any, any other really brewer. You should send them to me because um, Matt got quite a lot of beers delivered and I'm I, a little bit jealous, asshole. Uh, hey, you got you got beers delivered to you. I don't want to get like, Well, actually, I got them from a listener. You yeah. didn't get me from a listener. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because uh, you're not loved. Apparently not. But love me on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash Money Matters. And send us your catchphrases there as well as Twitter at Money Matters Man. Today's catchphrase is if you're a bird, I'm a bird. And that was send in, sent in by at Object Wealth. Mm. And do you know who that is? Of course I know who that is. Who is it? It's our friend from FinCon. Krista, thank you so much for that. Uh, send in your catchphrases, guys. Today is five questions. I need we need catch we need like a, a song for five questions like I think I think you just gotta like beatbox come on down oh and yeah like, yeah maybe you'll beatbox one I'll rap and 
Here I am. Ready oh, to. Oh, come on. This is, this, is, this is gonna turn out. No. No. I don't wanna do it anymore. That, that's why. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. Oh, this is pretty good, though. Yo, thank you. That's just, that's my that's my that I... that's my slow beatbox, though. That's not even how how crazy I can go. Yeah, see, I I can't do like a rap on like on like the. Well, I don't. I think we're kind of off timing because we're not in the same room. My name is Sheikh Zula, the Mike Ruler. All right, all right, school. moving on. Sorry, but yeah. no, I don't think I don't think we're in sync. Ba ba ba. First question comes from Christian. How do I turn my young spendaholic friends into investing budgeting monst into the investing budgeting monster Listen Money Matters has turned me into? That's a good question. Matt, what do you think? Uh well, okay. First I would say, tell them about the show. See, I was gonna say break into their house in the dark of night. <laughs> Steal other credit cards. Find their iPhones and subscribe them to our podcast. Mm. I guess it's a little bit more friendlier than what I was suggesting. But yes, uh, do that. <laughs> do that right now. Little B&E doesn't hurt anybody. Uh, no. Look, number one, I think that the person that you're trying to convince needs to come to the realization that they're a spendaholic on their own. They can't, they can't be told by somebody else because that's just going to make them angry. Mm. I think each person has to say and and come to the realization that I need help. It's like a Alcoholics Anonymous. Like they have to be willing to go in for quote unquote treatment, right? Mm. So uh what you can do is just suggest learning materials. Be it our podcast, be it uh a book, like, you know, uh I actually I'll tell you what. For me at least, it was just it was New Year's Eve. It was New Year's resolution and that was you know, and it's a lot of people's New Year's resolutions. In fact, it's I would mm. say it's besides like losing weight, it might be it might rank right up there with one of the top New Year's resolutions for people is to become better with money. That's a great time to get them turned on to this podcast or to get them turned on to some book that you've read that's kind of shifted your your thinking a little bit. But remember not to not to recommend books to people who just don't read. Because I've done that, and <laughs> especially I've, especially illiterate people, that well, is just no. not nice to recommend books. No, to but I'm but like yeah. I, the thing is, I I don't like. I've recommend. I've like oh, I've given people books. You know, like oh, you should read this book. It's totally awesome. Like it changed my life or whatever. But they're and not book they, readers. And they, and they reply just, back to you. I can't just speak of the English. No, they just no. There's been times where I've look. I gave my dad the four hour work week. I'm like, Dad, you have to read this book. Do you know where it is? Every time I go to their house and use the bathroom, it's in the bathroom, like reading material along with the magazines of Better Homes and Gardens. It's not, it's, he's not going to read it. But you know what you have to do is you have to slip it in next to his conspiracy magazine. <laughs> it's conspiracy <laughs> magazine. <laughs> conspiracy monthly. 9 11 was a hoax. Here's yeah, dude, why. just like design a new cover for the book and you may wind up like, oh, you know, he this listens, conspiracy magazine. It's a lot he of listens to this, pod, to this podcast and he's not going to like that. He's not going to let that joke. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. Ten ways to please your man. And let him know that 9-11, building number seven, came down when a... Never mind. Anyway. Uh, know a lot about that. So, uh, my suggestion, I guess, is to just subtly and frequently suggest learning materials. To or, help. or plant seeds. Like, if you see an issue, be like, oh, man. You know, like, don't, don't harp on it. 
but uh, you know. No, or be the guy in control, right? Be the person who's who says like everyone's like, oh, what are we gonna do tonight? You're hanging out with all your friends, and you suggest hardly and and steadfastly, let's have a potluck. Let's stay home and drink beers at home. Let's you know like be the guy in charge or the girl in charge who you know corrals all your friends to do the the most inexpensive thing consistently. It's like tonight we're gonna do Pictionary. Everyone yeah, bring be, a six yeah, pack. Jump to get the, hammered. As exactly. Would say, and uh, get a little turned up. Yeah, hammered. Yeah, no. I mean, that's the thing. You have to jump be the in, host. Yeah, jump in front of it and re- jump in front of the bus every time you get an opportunity. You know, the, if the bus the is. The great thing that happens is that the host winds up never having to buy a liquor. That's true. Because there's always so much excess brought, and like it will last you for like a month. Yeah, but that doesn't actually help the spendaholic part. But well, but no, yeah, it's yeah, actually yeah. cheaper for you to host. Well, it is they, cheaper. It's, it's cheaper for you to host, sure, but it's also cheaper to buy beer in six packs than it is to buy six oh, beers at a bar absolutely. or whatever. Whatever the case may I be. I don't know how it is where you know over there, but one beer here at a bar is roughly the price of a six pack. So. I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, it's true. I'll tell you something that it's a shift in materialism versus something else, minimalism, I guess, which is you like. I can tell you that I was very materialistic, and I've said this a billion and a half times on this podcast, but now I don't give a shit that much about, like, material objects besides, like, my iPhone. That's, like, really the only thing I really care about. But other than that, I don't – like, I'd rather buy – I'd rather go out to a nice dinner than buy, I don't know, something, a a new car, whatever the case. So it's going to take some finessing, and you don't want to be that preachy – you know, a uh, person who gives lectures all the time to your friends because no one's going to want to hang out with you. You got to do it uh, with good intentions. Maybe, and we we talked about this on another podcast. But you know, tell your story. If you're sitting around with your friends, tell the story about how awesome your life is now because you've been investing and budgeting, and and give your positive stories, give your negative stories, and then that will help people maybe think about what their you know their own Inspire situation them. is. Inspire them. Thank you. That's the word that I wanted to end it with. Uh, so thank you. I was Christian. waiting for you to finish. I was just, I was, that was my one that was word, word. From yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Just, you know, thank you. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Thank you, Christian, for that question. Moving on to Aaron's question. I have a credit card rebuilding. Oh, uh, sorry. I have a credit rebuilding card for my credit union. What the hell is that? That's my so, question. Yeah. So, so there are credit cards that, uh, oh, so like I'm sure the credit union won't have a monthly fee, but there are people with poor credit and it's meant to be like the gateway card to help you. Okay. All right. So again, I have a credit rebuilding card from my credit union. What is another good credit card to apply for or one that will consider someone with bad credit so I can build? Ooh. So I, I think can that's tell you. Excellent. Wait, go ahead. Oh, I can just tell you when I had bad credit, mm-hmm. Discover gave me a card. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was just, it was not like Discover for like no, no. destitute people or like it was just. Yeah, I think my credit was like in floating in the lower six hundreds, mm. and I was I was able to get a Discover card. And actually, that that's interesting because I mean I think it was a few months ago we checked, but uh, your credit score was higher than mine. And seven, mine is seven eighty eight. Yeah, mine's been seven eighty eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yours is higher than mine. Mine mine's been immaculate. So I mean that's that's awesome. And that was, <clears throat> dude. I, I mean, look, seven years. I got I rebuilt it. Took a while, but it, it, I was able to do it. Do they charge you a yearly fee? All right, so I think yours is better than all the ideas I have. Well, no, I'm just I'm just telling you that that happened to me. That could be because I owned a house after the after the fact. Like 
When I bought a house, my credit score was like 620, which is fucking low. Right, right. Uh, but And then I actually I, – I had American Express card before that. So American Express, it, you got to American tr- Express. You have to have like pretty decent credit. Yeah, score. but they're, there's they're no not. there's no harm in. I mean, it depends on where your credit score lies, but there's no harm in trying. And I don't think it's just mm. like you know, if you're, I wouldn't try consistently. I wouldn't try like once a month, but I'd try like every six months to a year to to see if you can get like an actual real deal credit card instead of rebu- rebuilding one and see if it's been working. Right, right. So. Uh, so I'm sorry. What do you what do you have? Because that's just well, me. I think that's, that's just my that's personal a, experience. Well, dude, there's there's no yearly fee in there, so I'm I'm already. I think yours is the, the best. But uh, Laura had terra bad credit, and and still doesn't have great credit. But we've been improving it. Um. So so two things. One, we got her. Um. I think it's it's like uh, Capital Bank One. It's not Capital One. It's like Capital One. I'm sorry. I'm I'm Credit One Bank. Okay. And they, they charge her a yearly fee, and it was she was at the point. <clears throat> I mean, collectors were calling her when we started dating. They were calling her, her parents. Like it was, there, it was That's pretty bad. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she that was the only one for her. But we needed to establish like a um, a, a, like a, a history of on time payments. Right. So she got that. Eventually, she was able to qualify for a a, a Barclays card one and then we got her a uh, uh, um, a capital one one as well and what she does is like we have like eighteen dollars something on one seven dollars something so really minimum but it's three cards so every month she makes three on time payments yeah and because the thing is like you could have one card like the discover card which i actually think you should get if if you qualify sounds like you you will but um like that it's only one on time payment. So every year that's twelve payments. Right. And your the biggest part of your score is the percentage of on time payments. So it's instead of having twelve a year, if you could have thirty six a year, mm-hmm. that's like dramatically But that means you progress. have to use the card too to make those on time payments. Right. So it's it's like Netflix goes on one, yeah. Hulu goes on another and Or like some, some small like monthly membership thing. Yeah, that's and that's basically off, what yeah. we did with, with Laura. Um, and then having and then having um, a low percentage to uh, like a low uh, debt to credit ratio, mm. you know. So if you have ten thousand dollars in credit, you should be only using two thousand dollars or less in. I I want to say that is important when you're looking to qualify for a good loan for a home, but that that's like a. a important at that moment mm-hmm. like you could not that we recommend you have a high balance but you could technically have a high balance all the way up till the week before you apply for your loan for your home yeah pay everything off and and i just one last thing on, yeah. on that is i i was completely surprised you said discover card we actually have that in our toolbox yeah and uh it's one of the things help keeps us helps us keep our light on so if Lights, you want to sign up lights. for that? We don't just have one light. There's two rooms. That's true. Yeah, you, we have your podcasting room and my podcasting room. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, mine got, have energy efficient bulbs though. Yeah, and we we need to. We're gonna do an entire credit card, like credit cards we recommend, sort mm. of toolbox thing. We don't have it set up yet, but it's in the works. Uh, but for the time being, if you go to listenmoneymatters.com/toolbox, you'll see the like a few credit cards that we recommend. I say the one we actually make off of is Discover, but I okay. I recommend yeah, like yeah, it's Amazon Card I love and whatever. Uh you know, uh in my wallet, I I mean I've been able to get really good credit card stuff recently because my credit's been so good and you know that I'm super grateful. You have no I was gonna idea. say I thought because you're Matt Givanese. No, know. I just 
I'm just happy that I'm I feel like a million bucks because I have good credit. Like just it's weird. It's a weird feeling. Like I feel kind of invincible financially because of that. Even if I don't use it that often, still a good feeling. So yeah, keep working on rebuilding that uh, credit back up. It does make you feel good, especially when you look at it on min every day. It's a mm. good number to see. And yeah, after a while, you know, check use use mint to, to check your credit score, see where you're at, and see if uh, maybe you maybe you just do this. If you use Mint and you can check your credit score, I think it's a pretty it's pretty easy to do. Yeah, uh, it's, it's in beta. If not, you can use creditkarma.com. Check what your credit score is, call up Discover, and just say, hey, this is my credit score. What are the chances of me getting a thing? And they'll probably tell you, oh, we have to run you through the blah, 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 blah. Mm. But maybe they'll, they'll be somebody that says like, meh, I don't know. I don't know if we'll do that, but at least get an answer up front. So it's, mm. it's, it's worth a shot. Honestly, I don't think anyone who's answering the phone has any That's ability true, to, yeah. to bend any rules or just give you like some honest information. Number of bathroom know. breaks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, good luck, Aaron. I appreciate the question, and uh, keep keep working on building that credit up. Uh, moving on to Philip's question, question number three: In my regular savings account, I start with a lump sum and then make monthly deposits, and then I get compound interest. That makes me happy. With an index fund. How does it work with ongoing payments? Is that something you do? It's not the same as a bank account because price slash returns fluctuate. So how does this work? Do you sit on the same amount of cash or do you keep buying back in different areas? So I, I think, um, well, the reason I included this is because I think he doesn't understand necessarily how it works. Okay. And so I thought it'd be like a good opportunity to kind of break down. Shh. Break it down. Stuff works. So, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to break it down. So, bank account. Yeah. You know, savings account, checking account. You put your money in. Uh, it'll never drop below the amount that you put in unless you withdraw it. Yep. And you get this eeny tiny bit of interest every month, year, whatever. Um, guaranteed to be less, well, at least these days, guaranteed to be less than inflation. So, technically, every year, the money that you make in your bank account plus interest the bank gives you is worth less every year due to inflation. <laughs> True. So, so they are kind enough to let your money depreciate. However, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that's, how, that's how valuable they find you as wow. a depositor. Yeah. So well, oh, okay. So what is inflation? Like 2 3%? Yeah. Yeah. Around I mean, there. And you're getting 3% is generally the average – I mean, look, this year it's whatever, you know. So technically putting your money in a savings account isn't doing jack shit for you. Right. But, you know, if you look at someone like Bank of America, that is not an investment bank. They're mm -hmm. just a bank bank. And then you look at how much money they make and return on capital. They make quite a pretty penny off of your deposits, lending them out to people. But, you know, you make nothing. Mm -hmm. And I guess if you're happy with that, whatever. But um, the other way of doing it, is investing and you know we could use ETFs as an example or Apple stock or whatever. Well, he said he in. mentioned index funds. So. Index funds. So so we'll use the phrase index fund, please. Um. So 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 if you put money into an index fund, what happens is you put money in and you get a certain amount of shares back, like ten shares, right? So I own ten shares in this index funds, and from now and until the day that I die, I will own ten shares. Of this index fund, it may this it may split, and then I may wind up having twenty, mm -hmm. or it, it may have, and I may come up with five. But the price 
appropriately just. So if it was a hundred dollars and it splits, then you sure. have fifty for each. But um, so you always had the same amount of shares. However, the market value of those shares changes over time. And what we know is that if you buy index funds that are broad swaths of the market, they're diversified. If you buy it now and you come back in 10 years, statistically it is extremely highly likely that it'll be worth a lot more than when it was when you first bought it. And so you don't keep buying unless you keep adding money into your investment account, you know? Yeah. And I think the fundamental difference that we have to break down, which I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast frequently frequently will probably know this, but in Philip's case, an index fund is not a an account. It's not a place to store money. The the brokerage account, like Vanguard, is the place you store money. You will make nothing putting your money there. It's just a it's just a holding place. And then right. you can use that account to buy things like index funds. So you will actually own shares. So the money is technically no longer yours unless you sell those shares and get that money back into your brokerage account and then back into your wallet. So it, it's like um, you want to buy um, Turkish lira, right? <clears throat> you go to your okay. you go to your Bank of America, uh, you know, on the corner of your block, and you're like, I would like a hundred Turkish lira. They're just going to be like, well, we don't have Turkish lira, so you have to go to Turkey or or a special place to get your Turkish lira. It's the same thing with stocks. Mm-hmm. You can't just go to your bank. You have to go to a special place. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what? What Philip wants to know is how does this work with ongoing payments? So he starts with a lump sum and then makes monthly deposits and he gets the compound interest. So how would this work with an index fund as as opposed to a savings account? So you'll make hopefully and do we and do you do this? And and I would say yes, we do do this. Yeah. So we I I and, and I believe you do as well. Uh, do monthly deposits, also yep. called dollar cost averaging. So every month, a certain amount of my money and, and Matt's for him, mm-hmm. deposit into our investment account. Just uh, like a savings for, account? I actually only dollar cost average with Betterment. I think it's the same for you. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, just every month we put it in, just and you just let it ride, and it's something that uh, you, you leave, much like a savings account, to weigh in the future. And then I guess it just... Um, did, did I answer it. Yeah, and um, so yeah, that's something we do. How does it work with ongoing payments? It works for, at least for in Betterment's case, or even a mutual fund case, or an index fund case, it, it works the same way. You deposit, automatically deposit, monthly deposits into this brokerage account, and you consistently buy index funds with it. That's basically what Betterment does, mm. right? So what I do is I just set up automatic, uh, $500 a month just goes into this thing. I start it with a lump sum of maybe 1000 bucks, and it's kind of been going through the the motions uh also if i ever get any extra money i just lump send them lump sum them into the account as well or if i get ten dollars unexpectedly i'll lump i'll lump that in it's no you know no big deal and yeah. you can just keep throwing money into this thing um so it it so with betterment it does work exactly like a bank account from your perspective Behind the scenes, or, it doesn't, but, but where you don't have to like buy specific shares or figure if if you need to buy in multiple different things, it handles that right. for you. Now the price does fluctuate, unlike a bank account. So unlike a savings account, the savings account will always give you that 09 percent, no matter what. It won't take away from that from it at all. But like if you if you do any sort of invest, investment stuff, which we've seen recently, 
you will actually there's there is a a point possibly that you'll lose money that you put in and it's fluctuates fluctuate is the key word here because it goes up and it goes down but sometimes when it goes up and you collect dividends those dividends get reinvested and then it goes down but you've got those dividends reinvested so everything kind of works out and and it's not and you I wouldn't use a savings account for any short term goals, right? I'm sorry. You would only use a savings account for short term. That's goals. what I'm. I'm sorry. You wouldn't That's use an investment. Correct. Yeah. That's what I mean. Because you don't. You never know, right? But the thing is, is that you. Yes, it fluctuates and it may go down. But even if it's under, you didn't lose any money because you didn't take any money out. You didn't sell your shares of anything. So when it goes back up, then you can take money out if you wish, and then you've made money. So. Yes, it does work differently. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I feel I, like it's... I just want to say one more thing, kind of side sidecar. So uh, if you remember, I think it was like a week or two ago, it was ultra dramatics over the drop in the market. Yeah. And, oh my God, Betterment's down. Everything's down. It, the world is ending. You know, Should I even invest? Um, so now we're past it and the market is actually higher than what it was pre-crash. It and was. So, you know, uh, if you dip. look, it's yeah, there's a dip and it's back. And so now, in hindsight, you can look, oh, wow, like I really wasted a lot of energy and a lot of drama over what amounted to basically nothing. Mm -hmm. And I would say that is always the case when you look long term. The dip may be, in this case, a week, and it was a very dramatic dip in a week. And in that week, it's crazy, but. In the future, not so bad. And so the dip could be a week, a month. Over the long, when you stretch that out, it's like a blip. Yeah. In the, so, you, so you just have it's to a blip keep in the matrix. perspective. Yeah. That, you know, the volatility is how the investment banks make money and whatever. And it's just a factor of the market. You can't get caught up in it. All right. Thank you, Philip, for your question. Moving on to Nick's question. This is a, a little bit longer, but uh, my wife and I are ready to enter the property market in Colorado and have more than enough money saved for the initial two to three years. We have stable jobs slash income, and we will continue to put our money away for the future mortgage repayments and the ongoing cost of owning a home. We are looking to explore what to do with some of the leftover cash, say twenty to 40000 Not bad. Mm. This is the money we are looking to keep for the short-term future, five to ten years after getting that mortgage. We are looking for tips on and advice or advice on how to stay ahead of inflation or at least not get too far behind and, if possible, earn money in the short term, five to 10 years. <sighs> he's in a good, he's in a good position. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to you on this. Like, what do you, all right. So what are some tips or advice for how to stay ahead on inflation or at least not get too far behind? So, I mean, look, it sounds like he's in a good place. They got their home. They have some extra. We don't know how much they put down. Sure. Um, obviously, if you have something like PMI, I'd say the best use of your money is to, to get rid of your PMI. Okay. It's it's basically mortgage insurance. If you have less than 20% equity right. and you're paying this money into a black hole. So mm -hmm. I, I'm assuming you don't have PMI. You're in a good spot. <clears throat> and five to 10 years, that, that's decent. Um and and if you could hold to at least the the five year mark, I'd say Betterman has great returns. The Vanguard funds we outlined in our our top eight Vanguard funds has great returns. If you're willing to put your money in and let basically lock it up so it's not liquid for three to six years, 
Lending Club is an excellent place to put your money. Mm. I just it's it's risky. Yeah, I um, don't know if Lending Club would be something I'd recommend to everybody. That's that's more of like a nerdy investor type of thing. And not yeah. every and not every state can do it. They, they have automated investing. Yeah, but not every, not every state can mm. do it. I mean, I, I think if you're just getting started investing, something like Betterment will absolutely keep you above inflation. To to big picture it, stashing in some funds, some index mm-hmm. funds. That's what yeah. I'd say. Like Vanguard Total Stock Market Funds. Yeah. That is the only phrase that you need to know. Like you just go or in. Or the on- S&P. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, you know, oh my God, there's so many names. Total Stock Market, S&P, NASDAQ. Like, well, how do I even, they're all virtually the same thing. Deviation slightly, I mean, different buckets, but when you buy so many things, like you, mm-hmm. they, they move in tandem. I, yeah, I mean, my recommendation, if it were me and I had an extra leftover cash of twenty, forty thousand dollars that I could stash away for the next five to 10 years, I would definitely put that money into some sort of index fund or a series of index funds on a broad swath of the market. That's mm. what I would do. That's me. If Come back in 10 case. years and be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. You'll probably be so pleasantly surprised you'll be compelled to not touch it. Yeah. And if you want that money in the short term, so I would not do an IRA. I would not do something that locks your money up that you'd have to, you know, I would definitely do a brokerage account and go go into something, you know, that it buys index funds. That's what I'd do. I, I think that answers that. Mm. What do you think? I'm, I, so I agree. And I'm glad that the Larry Ludwig episode uh, yeah. kind of validated some of my because i've been chewed out how i don't crank it everything into an ira mm-hmm. and you know uh, it's it's fine to not lock your money up yeah so thank you nick for that question and the last question here andrew i do not have a name <clears throat> oh shit i'm an asshole so while you look for it i'm gonna read it okay all right uh so question number five is we are going to refinance a student loan through sofi the loan is currently at $88,000. They are offering us a 4.6% or I'm sorry, 4.66% interest rate, 15-year adjustable loan. It can potentially adjust up to 9.75% if the LIBOR or LIBOR rate gets wild. Our current loan is at 6.8% fixed for 30. Is moving to the adjustable SoFi rate a good idea? Our payment goes up a bit but the term and the rate are reduced. The math makes sense, I think, unless the LIBOR or the LIBOR rates move up against us quickly. Is there a risk calculator out there that might put this into a better perspective? Did you get a name? No, I don't have a name. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not working intercom that greatly under pressure. But... um. It is an excellent question. And, and I actually don't know the answer to this question. <clears throat> and I don't yeah, even have so, an opinion. You know, I, I was I was working on um I wanted to do like a really awesome, like heavily math based episode with you back probably five months now on adjustable rate mortgages versus fixed rate. <clears throat> and I learned a lot of stuff and I had all the historical returns yeah. and you know, interest rates and blah blah blah. And it's actually, it's pretty straightforward. So the first thing I would ask is, um, or or the first thing I would say is all of these adjustable rate loans 
have terms that said that have they basically set a ceiling on how much the interest rate can go up within a year. So say the Mexican gain is 2% or something like that, which most of the time is not even a thing, right? And so what I did is I, I ran some numbers and I calculated worst case scenarios and then actual real world scenarios. And it winds up breaking out. And, and before I go into this, I just want to say that it's almost guaranteed in 2015 the interest rate will go up and it'll continue to go up. We're at the bottom right now. It's not going any lower. It's only going up. Okay. So uh, what I found is that the if you got an adjustable rate, right, and it was 1% or more lower than your fixed rate. So, for example, his is 6.8% fixed. Yeah. So if it was 5.8% or less, and if he got that adjustable rate but paid it, as if he had a 6.8, by the time the loan could actually start changing in interest, mm -hmm. in the worst case scenarios, he would be so far ahead in his payments that he would wind up paying less and ending the loan quicker. So, okay, I get it. Totally get do, it. What, did, does, does that make sense? Actually, yeah, it actually made sense to me, yes. So, so imagine, yeah, so whether, and, and this worked out great for mortgages because there was a, there's a five-year freeze period. That's what the five one, the five slash one in the arm means. So I'm not exactly arm, sure. arm means adjustable rate mortgage, by the way. Right, right. So I'm not exactly sure on the terms with this, and you may need a slightly larger gap, although the gap is 2% in, you know, it's 6.8% fixed versus a 4.66% mm -hmm. adjustable rate. So and, the gap the, and, the, and, the, and the term was reduced. Right, and years. the term was reduced. So, so it actually seems like a pretty awesome setup. And yes, it could potentially go up to 9.75%, but that's going to likely be over the course of many years. And if you pay your 4.66% loan as if it was a 6.8% loan, you're going to have so much principal put in in the front, it'll dramatically reduce your turn, reduce your interest, and you'll come out ahead. So I would say go adjustable. Pretend like you have fixed and just come out a winner. All right. Uh, I was real quick looking this up. What mm. is L-I-B-O-R, LIBOR? LIBOR is like a benchmark rate for interest. Mm. So, um, like it, so, for example, SoFi may say that your loan is LIBOR plus two points. Right, and that would be like you know plus two percent on on LIBOR. So it's kind of like a technical thing, but L LIBOR is the base of of all interest rates across almost everything. Okay. And so if you imagine the banks borrow at the LIBOR rate, so they're going to charge you LIBOR plus something, mm. so they can make a profit. All right. Well, all right. I think that answers the question, and I want to thank Blank for that question. And I'm here's sorry. What, here's what's going to happen for the next few minutes i'm going to read our ending stuff mm. and i want you to go and look it up i want to all name. right I, I i was looking it up but uh, can you just search sofi or the term libor i'm sure no one's used that <laughs> that's actually true all right i'm searching libor right now ah it's ryan ha <laughs> god so smart dude dude this is why <laughs> i get paid the no bucks <laughs> i know you, you know you know how many people have said libor in their email one person. One person. Ryan. Yeah. Of all the emails, over almost 500 people have emailed. Yep. 
So you thank go. you, Ryan, for that question. <laughs> I knew we'd get it. Uh, and that's the five questions. So I want to thank Ryan, of course, multiple times because we didn't mention his name He's in the beginning. <laughs> Nick, Philip, Aaron, and Christian. Thank you so much for your questions today for five questions. And if you have any more questions and you want to be featured on our five questions episodes, please email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. I just want to say that um, – <clears throat> First of all, I'm, I'm a little bit behind in the emails, so I'm very sorry. Some people have waited a lot of time. That is Same my, old story. Same old story. You hear this every month, basically. But I do want to say that all of the five questions, questions came out of conversations I've had with people. Um, and I was like, wow, this is like a really good question. I want everyone to hear this and the answer. Yeah. And just like a week or so ago, someone said, I have a question that I want answered on the five questions episode. And I, I was I was taken aback because no one had ever said like, flat out asked. indicated that they, they they were just asking questions. Yeah. So um you can absolutely do that. You're like, this is this is the question. I mean, I it may not come on the show, but feel free to yeah. Put that in the forefront. Uh great. So <laughs> to set it so insincere. Great. Uh moving on. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, great. Oh, great. Uh so <laughs> Uh, email your questions and at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And if you like the show, please subscribe uh, to our podcast. That means clicking the actual subscribe button on whatever app you're using. So that way, every single morning at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, an episode gets downloaded onto your device, whatever device you decide to use. If you really like the show, I want you to leave a review on either iTunes or Stitcher. And we got to start reading Stitcher reviews. I have to go and co- correlate them and put them into a correlate, coagulate them. Yes, that's a word. So I, I just want to say that um, today we're eight in the top 10 in investing. Ooh. And there are only two podcasts in the top 10 investing that have more reviews than we do. Really? Yeah. I thought that was just an interesting who are the, I guess it's uh, who? Uh, Tim Ferriss and Dave Ramsey? The, the Ramsey, yeah. Actually, actually, I'm, I think I'm wrong. I think it's three because I know uh, Jim Susie Orman's Kramer has got like seven. Yeah, Jim, Susie Orman doesn't have that many reviews. Oh. Jim Cramer does, but he has quite a lot of bad reviews. All right, like I think he's four stars or less. Okay, that's a good good thing to know. Speaking of reviews, this review comes in from Andrew K. Kim from the United States. Best all around personal finance podcast, five stars. I stumbled onto the LMM. Yeah. I stumbled onto LMM while specifically looking for a podcast on. What are you yelling per- about? I don't know. I'm gonna read again. I stumbled onto LMM while specifically looking for a podcast on personal productivity. I subscribed without expecting much, to be honest, and listened to an episode. After which, my only response was, "Meh." I think it was the first episode, to be fair, but I gave it another chance. Probably ten episodes later. And at this point, I've listened to 80% of the episodes. The host, Matt and Andrew, are real and as shameless as I am, which is one of the reasons I'm a regular listener. That's not to say they're without ego, which everyone has. It's just that they... Shut up. (laughs) Shut your fucking mouth. It's just that they seem to be beyond the fake stuff and offset that ego with altruism. More so than any... More so than other people with a public platform. Because of this, I trust the information they put out. Maybe I'm naive. I don't know. As to the info about personal finance, it's consistent with the advice and counsel I've gotten from my sister over the years, who is a CPA and way smarter than I am. 
It's helpful to be reminded of good personal finance habits, etc. To me, I guess. Especially like, I, I'm sorry, I especially like the off-topic episodes on cooking, health, how to buy stuff, how to find deals, and productivity tips and tools. Stuff I never learned in school. I think, I think I stay for those. So to Andrew Kim, thank you so much because that is an amazing review. Mm. That is an amazing yeah. detailed review. Really appreciate that. And reviews I, like that make me feel warm inside. Yeah, reviews like that make me tear up. So thank you so much for that review. And go visit our website, systemmoneymatters.com, and check out our our toolbox where we mentioned all the things that we talk about on the show, all the tools and apps and software and credit cards and. Blah, there there blah, blah. has been at least one night. Where I just read through like a months of reviews. Yeah, that'll and that'll. And I like literally cried. I was like, "Oh my god, people like what we're doing." Yeah, then try filtering. Try filtering out the most critical reviews, and then you'll immediately turn to frustration and rage. <laughs> it's actually it's not been that bad lately. It has not been that bad lately, and thank I'm thankful for that because thick skin, my friend, thick skins. When you when you do when you do something and put yourself out there like that, thick skins is all I can say. Like yeah. the like the skin on top of a pudding, the trolls that's too come thin. Out of the woodwork, they do. But um, it has been offset by all the wonderful people that we have listening to the show who leave wonderful reviews, like the one we just read. Mm. Go to our toolbox. It's listenmoneymatters.com/toolbox. And by popular demand, by one person, go and call. Literally, pick up the phone. You know that thing that you listen to our podcast on? Yeah, that doubles as a phone. The <laughs> you thing can that actually you use call. the internet on. You can yeah. actually talk to people on it. You can call 856-818-3738 to leave us a financial rant. Actually, fucking leave us any rant you want. If it's about your dog ripping up your couch leave that rant too that's fine mm. call 856-818-3738 we're trying it out this month seeing what kind of response we get from that also we're part of a charitable battle between us and the stacking benjamins podcast we've been mentioning them a lot mm. uh so go to listenmoneymatters.com slash texas 4000 to donate some money to help us beat stacking benjamins in raising money for actually joe at stacking benjamins his son is going on a 4,000 mile, 4,500 mile bike trek mm. from Anch- no, from Austin, Texas to Anchorage, Alaska. That's why it always confuses me. It's called the Texas 4,000, but, but it's 4,500 miles. Every time we mention this, yeah. I have like issues with that. All right. And but also, it, it only, is a very good cause. Also, it only starts in Texas, it ends in Alaska. True. It should be called Igloo. Actually, you know what it should be called? Mm. The Quadruple A. Austin? What? No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it should be called AA. It should be called the quadruple A. Why? Because I don't know. That said so. Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> which is a review I'm going to read soon. Uh, so go to listenmoneymatters.com slash Texas4000 and donate some money. Put in Listen Money Matters. That's who, you're, that's who they're writing for. I'm looking forward to that review, by the way. Mm, should be fun. I, I haven't read it yet, but if mm, it says... It's, a, it's in the list. It's coming up. I want to give a shout-out to Betterment. Thank you so much for Betterment. They are a sponsor of the show, and uh, they help us keep the lights on here, much like everyone else out there who goes to our toolbox and checks out our website and I goes have to, to everything. I have to do the numbers, but I think uh, Betterment sponsoring us brought our, our income up to roughly like 2 to $3 an hour now. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting That'll there. buy soon. Us. Soon we will almost be towards McDonald's level. Dude, um, I can actually buy a light bulb instead of 
podcasting by all these candles and rubbing my nipples. <laughs> no, no, you should stick with the candles. Okay. Thanks again for hanging out with us, and we look forward to the next episode. Later, Andrew. Later, Matt. Please tell your friends about this show.